0: Hello and welcome to the County Line Discussions of Party Politics from the Washoe County Republican Party. Uh, so Amy Brown mm-hmm. sitting with us on the County Line. Mm-hmm. What a treat after uh, talking with Mr. Sam Brown, who is your husband.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me a little bit about you.
1: Well, uh, I am a stay at home mom and uh, Sam is obviously my husband and we um, we love life in Reno.
0: Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in Reno?
1: We've been here for three years now.
0: Okay. You came together. How did you meet Sam?
1: That is a very interesting story. Um, So I was actually a dietitian in the burn unit in San Antonio. And obviously he was burned and came to the burn unit. And I just felt this interesting connection, like this need to go talk to him. Mm. You know, I finally ended up um, getting called up um, once he was an outpatient, Uh, Up to the burnout patient clinic and he was going on convalescent leave and he needed supplements uh, because uh, when you're burned, your caloric requirements increase drastically. And dietitians are actually very important for wound healing.
0: The skin probably has a lot of requirements. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Uh And
1: I mean, your metabolic rate can increase two times what it normally is just because you're trying to heal up wounds and Mm -hmm. it increases um, your caloric requirements um, just because you're burning more calories just trying to keep your body warm not
0: to mention how extensive his burns Mm -hmm. were absolutely okay
1: so he was going on convalescent leave and he needed supplements uh shipped to his house for a month so i went up there um, to introduce myself and uh to initiate that process and that was actually the first time that i met him and spoke to him Uh and um, he he was very uh flirtatious and and personable um and I was very businesslike. like um, I had been warned uh, <laughs> prior prior to going up and meeting him um, because his mother was there taking care of him. Ah. And my office mate, who was the physician assistant of the step-down unit in the burn unit, he's like, you never mess with moms.
0: Right. Yeah. And you
1: specifically don't mess with these two moms. And yeah. Sam's mom was one of them. Uh-huh. So I'm already nervous. I go upstairs uh, <laughs> to meet him and his mother. And I see this uh, military ID badge on her. And at the bottom, it has COL. Oh. And that's because uh, Sam's father was a bird colonel. Uh-huh. And instantly, I am terrified. Uh-huh. Like, I cannot mess this up. <laughs> I love my job. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm really nervous to meet him. And... Um, that that's the first time we met. Oh, well, so. and of
0: course you're a lovely woman. So when he, when you walked in, he was like, hello. And yes. you're like, stop it. Your mom's here. And I.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. This has to be business and I have to execute well. Oh God, um, I love you both. Yes. So, um, I sent him supplements and because frankly, I was afraid for my job. Sure. Um, I, I went ahead and I got his phone number so that I could call him to make sure that they were being mm-hmm. received because I'd never, I'd never sent them before. um, mm-hmm. Just
0: want to make sure you get these supplements. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) When I would call the check to make sure that he was getting them, he would be very flirtatious and... You know, I just want to get off the phone, like, all right, got him, goodbye. Um, but he, you know, wanted to keep the conversation going. Uh-huh. And uh. Uh, he just, he really intrigued me. So I found him a new dietician mm-hmm. and uh, then we started hanging out. Uh. Uh, we started, you know, just going on runs together, which is very interesting for a burn patient to do that quickly after recovery. Oh, and I yeah. think one of the things that really drew me to him Despite the fact that he was massively disfigured um, and he was in a lot of pain and gro- going through an incredibly life-changing circumstance, he had this joy about him. Yeah. And he was more concerned about the well-being of those around him than he was himself. Wow.
0: And I really got that impression from him in a mm-hmm. few minutes of being here, too. So that's very validating to and hear. And
1: it's it's not fake you know, like sometimes you can yeah. feel and you can tell like, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, no, but he loves people. He genuinely, um, connects with them. Mm-hmm. And he's genuinely concerned about people. Yeah, And it was just so intriguing to me to see him have joy uh-huh. despite everything that he was going through. Yeah. And your
0: being was becoming attracted to his being. And yes. I think that is so phenomenal.
1: Absolutely. Um, so anyway, I, we met and I was intrigued by him. I felt a need to talk to him. And then we started hanging out. Wow. And through that um he shared his testimony with me. Uh-huh. And which as you know, he's on fire in the desert, he screams Jesus save me. Beautiful. Gives up the will to live and then uh, his gunner puts him out and his his life is saved.
0: Which I didn't exactly Okay, so we I got the part in the podcast of the gunner putting him out. What did what did the gunner do to put him out?
1: He threw um the Afghanistan um Dust, oh. dusty soil uh-huh. on him.
0: Just dirted him. Wow. Him. Okay.
1: And like blotted him out yep. with his hands. So Kevin Jensen's hands were actually burned. Wow. And I don't know if it happened through putting Sam out or if it happened, you know, in the explosion. Getting out
0: or who knows what. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Jensen, God bless He's you. an sir. amazing man. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is incredible. Now, I'm not going to let you off too late, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I got to tell you something. I did have enough of an interaction with him that Sam Brown, you you mentioned the word disfigured. Mm -hmm. Even disfigured, he is a much better looking man than most men that walk this earth.
1: (laughs) He's, yes. I
0: would include myself in that. The guy's just big, handsome no matter what.
1: He is. He absolutely is. And he has um, just a confidence, not a pride, but a confidence in who he is in his purpose here on earth, which... Is It's beautiful.
0: He made a reference to that, and I don't recall if it was on the podcast or if it was after we were talking, but he talked about how before the incident occurred, Mm -hmm. he felt himself to be a very arrogant man Mm -hmm. living in ways that he doesn't even identify with anymore Mm -hmm. and that this had a lot to do with shaping what you described, the one who wants to go out and care about people and understands what it's like to be within an inch of your life, uh, it was pretty profound to, to, to hear that stuff.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, he was, from what he described, a very prideful person. And literally being baptized by fire just radically changed his life. Wow,
0: amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think it's just delightful that you mm-hmm. fell in love with his heart. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that he fell in love with your heart the same. Uh, I'm very moved by this. I'm, mm-hmm. I want to keep asking more questions. And well, I it just... gets better. Oh, please. Okay. Yeah.
1: So um, he shared his testimony with me, uh-huh. and he looked at me later, and he said, well, what did you think about that? And I, I told him, I was like, Sam, honestly, if I was on fire, Jesus saved me, would not have been my reaction. Oh. And I, like, what got you to that point that allowed you to scream Jesus save me at and a time
0: where you weren't really looking at Jesus that way. Yes. Yeah.
1: And he looked at me and he's like, "Well, I'm concerned about your salvation." You know, then he just went on to tell me what Jesus had done for me and invited me to church. And at that point in my life, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Wow. Because his his baptism by fire, his coming to Jesus moment happened pretty close to my searching for Jesus moment. Ah. So they we were Kind of on a similar timeline, because he was blowing up on September 4th of 2008, uh-huh. and I actually had an abortion on September 12th of 2008. My God. And that was, uh, and then he was in the ICU, and I think there, the Lord put it on my heart to talk to him, uh-huh. because he knew the pain that I was in, and the pain that I was suffering, and that I could find uh, healing and comfort through Jesus.
0: Sure. Oh my God. I I have to take a second here to process all of that so I can respond appropriately. Sometimes when you're saying these things and we're talking, it can go like, okay, here comes the Jesus part. But frankly, I, I'm so closely relating to you in, Mm -hmm. in what it takes to be saved, what that actually looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we talked a little about my saving with Mm Sam, uh, though I didn't really want to take away from his, and especially because his is, is specifically glorious. Mm-hmm. Mine didn't have so much glory. Mine was like, we're going we're gonna to be exercising a lot more forgiveness in your case than glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to hear you, you speak with such conviction and such a matter-of-fact tone about personal and impactful moments that I just want to identify for people who might hear this. That they can't see you, they can't see the expressions you're wearing as you go through this stuff. But I do want to outline real heavy duty that the strength that was created in you through this is incredible and in my mind, could only be sent from God.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know, I wish this wasn't my story. Abortion is an incredibly sad thing. It's an incredibly isolating thing. Mm. and it is uh, it is a decision that will impact your life forever. I share this story because I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's, that is how I came to know my sin and my need for a savior.
0: Well, the audience can't see that the fire that just came out of your mouth into the (laughs) microphone also, but you were spitting fire there and that was legit. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes.
1: Um, You know, I received comfort through God and I know that there's anywhere between 600 1.2 to 1.2 million women each year that are having an abortion mm-hmm. that struggle with that decision afterwards and don't yeah. necessarily know what to do with it they've mm-hmm. lost hope they're looking for uh, life and substance abuse they're trying to numb themselves mm-hmm. and find hope in all the wrong places yeah. and really hope can only come through jesus uh, and healing can only come through jesus
0: i definitely see it that way for me it has been true that hope and healing could come through jesus It comes through my wife, but I think pretty sure that he brought her straight to me on purpose. I can tell you Mm -hmm. that story is a pretty fun one too. Um, I had an interview in here not too long ago, uh, with the woman who's kind of the head of the pro-life organization movement here Mm -hmm. in Nevada. And one of the things she talked about is exactly what you're saying. We're not in a position where we're trying to tell women how to choose we're in a position of trying to help women understand what they're getting into by making the choice. Uh, And I can say just firsthand from people I know, I have heard far more women say, wish I would have kept it, than they say, glad I didn't keep it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think that that is a very major piece of the puzzle that is not put into place correctly Mm -hmm. because we get the disservice of, we're trying to talk you out of abortion because it's evil. Yes. That's not really the point mm-hmm. here. The point is that Jesus' life, every everything that, whether you are a believer or not, every, all the good things in this world that make us want to live, that's what you're considering here. Mm-hmm. Because if every time you go to have an ice cream cone, you think about the kid that could have been having you there with it, mm-hmm. it's going to make you hurt.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But it
0: is about that thing that we go through where we, whatever happens, so you mm-hmm. don't have to be talking about abortion. You could, this is how we know it's a, it's a truth. Mm-hmm. Anything that could happen in life, mm-hmm. the subsequent 48 hours is where you're really going to find out how you respond to it, mm-hmm. how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. what your real convictions are. It ain't, it ain't before. You could have a staunch pro-life or pro-choice position mm-hmm. until you're faced with it and then we'll see how you feel.
1: Absolutely. One of the things that I I don't necessarily feel like people understand is that women that are in that position to make that choice ah. are facing really difficult circumstances mm. and they don't feel like they have any options. They don't feel like they have hope.
0: It doesn't feel like a choice.
1: Exactly.
0: Wow, uh-huh.
1: And uh, when when you're in that situation and when you're in those circumstances, um, you know whether it's an abusive relationship, or you don't have the financial means, um, mm-hmm. you know to provide for a child, or um, you know x number of just Whenever terrible awful yeah. mm-hmm. circumstances, women and frankly men um, mm. that are in that position making that decision, it is incredibly difficult. Mm. To simplify it, you know, just to like choose life or not yeah is is really oversimplifying it, or you need to choose life because all decisions have consequences, yeah, and you made the choice, so now you have to deal with the consequences
0: It's a lot to put on the soul in one decision, absolutely, yeah
1: especially in such in a time where people are so um vulnerable emotionally, wow. my heart goes out to the to the women yeah. um, that are in those situations and the men as well. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, just I
0: appreciate that you throw the men in there cause I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to open up. I don't, I don't really tell this. I don't really ever tell this. I'm telling this, I think mostly because you and Sam both have given me an ability to feel very comfortable dealing with people that are real. Mm-hmm. And when you start talking about people that do things in the, the world of political arenas and things, you don't get real very often, mm-hmm. but, um, I was a young man, probably at this time, I would say 24, Mm -hmm. 25, and I I had gotten together with a woman, Mm -hmm. and we used protection, Mm -hmm. actually, Uh, and what happened, stupidly enough, protection fell off, Mm -hmm. and so it nullified the protection. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, a couple weeks go by, and I did not make any effort to contact her, Mm -hmm. not real effort, couple texts here, call there, you know how it goes. Uh, but no real effort. And then I get the call. I'm pregnant. I'm going to terminate it. You don't have an option in this. It's my body. Mm-hmm. This is how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I I kind of wish I would have been like, no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I was really thinking about how I didn't feel good about not calling her. Mm-hmm. And I let that be the deciding factor Mm -hmm. and I've never felt like I had a choice and I feel like men do have to have some kind of input here I understand the philosophy of Mm -hmm. I don't get to tell a woman how her body works all that stuff but man I got a heart too in this and Mm -hmm. it, it does feel
1: absolutely it does and um just a shameless plug for the crisis pregnancy Center here let's be as shameless
0: <laughs> as possible here yeah.
1: um they do such an amazing job and they actually have a program specifically focused on dads wow. and um dads just being involved in their children's lives parenting and they've really made just an amazing effort to reach out wow. to dads
0: amazing mm-hmm. say the name of them again
1: Crisis Pregnancy Center.
0: Crisis Pregnancy Center. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for throwing that mm-hmm. out there. We, I don't know if we were shameless enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, you, don't, mm-hmm. you know, we're in a society where men are taught to be a certain way, too. So mm-hmm. we're not even really supposed to have feelings about these things, mm-hmm. as I understand it.
1: Yeah. But abortion hurts every aspect.
0: It really does. Mm-hmm. What do you do with your days? Where does the time go?
1: Well, the time definitely flies by, that's for sure. So um, I'd say right now, uh, I just finished up a Bible study um, and I was a co-facilitator and that consumed a lot of my time during the day preparing for that. Mm -hmm. Obviously with the kids, um, you know, getting them ready for school, uh, being engaged when they get home after school, helping them with all all the homework, oh all the God. cleaning, all yeah. the things. Um, so the days definitely fly by.
0: Excellent. Well, mm-hmm. I like that you have some some community involvement, yes. staying around people. I really do feel like people in this area would benefit well from just relating to the Browns, knowing the Browns, and, and just, you know, the, you guys are such a great story. I mean, what a tremendous pair it's of It's God's story you know, that's amazing. Oh my God. You uh, you stopped me in my tracks and now I'm sounding amateur because you just (laughs) nailed me on that one. But that's the same thing Sam said. He just would not allow, I kept saying, well, yeah, it's God's story, but Sam, you had to survive. Hell no, I didn't survive. I gave up. I was (laughs) ready. No, Sam, come on. You had a hand. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you really do let it be his. It's not, it's not, like being told what to do, like mm-hmm. people get scared of. I mean, he takes the wheel and he takes you where he wants you to go. And mm-hmm. it's never been bad for me. I've never driven to a bad place when Jesus was
1: driving. Amen. <laughs> That's so true.
0: <laughs> Amy Brown, you might be one of the most delightful people I've had back here. I thank you well, for coming Well, I'm enjoying
1: in. this. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Amy Brown on the county line. To make contact with the Washoe County Republican Party or the county line, please call 775-827-1900 or visit www.washoegop.org.